JM in the AM. Wednesday morning broadcast. Well, uh, our friends at Mishpacha Magazine this past uh, weekend have a cover story written by uh, Eitan Kobri um, with a photograph of uh, Rabbi Alon Gul on the cover. And it says Rabbi Alon Gul taps the Sarno mind-body link to banish chronic pain. And under normal circumstances, obviously, the author or the subject of the article, in this case, Rabbi Gould, would be my guest. Uh, but in our case, as many of you who are regular JMNAM listeners know, uh, Rabbi Benzion Scheinfeld, who is quoted in the article, has been on these airwaves, uh, on this program, talking about this concept for quite a while. Uh, we've done this uh, conversation many times. And because he was quoted in the article and because there's a lot to say about it, I figured it would be a good opportunity not only to give a tip of the hat to our friends in Mishpacha magazine, but to uh, speak about the concept with, with Rabbi Scheinfeld as well. Many of you know him as the head of Camp Confei, uh, also Benos Confei for the uh, young women and the uh, boys Confei for the young men. Uh, three different programs. You can go to confei.com, K-A-N-F-E-I.com. We have mentioned many times that uh, we refer to him as the skiing rabbi because he's always doing adventurous things, including skiing. In fact, the uh, email address, if you want to be in touch with him directly, is skitorah at yahoo.org, ed.com. Again, that's skitorah at yahoo.com. Rabbi Benzion Scheinfeld, welcome back to JM in the AM. Hello, Rav Nachum. It's great to be here. Not, not sure if you remember, but many years ago, about 20 years ago, actually you interviewed Dr. Sarno and myself on your radio station. Oh, I don't remember well, him being on. That's funny. I don't remember him being on. Wow. No, it was before. Uh, he actually spoke at Rav David Cohen's shul in Gvulyavit um, about 20 years ago. And uh, before that lecture, you had Dr. Sarno and myself together on your radio station. Interesting. I don't remember that. Now, there, we should we should have mentioned, or I should have mentioned in the intro, another important personality in all of this. In addition to the subject of the cover of Mishpacha magazine and yourself who's quoted, there is a rabbi that you've always told me about that has really promoted the methods that we're about, or the, the concepts that we're about to discuss, and that's Rabbi Katz, correct? Right. Rabbi Katz, uh, who uh, was uh, his father, all of Shalom, was the rabbi of the Shtibol in Farakway, where I grew up. So, Rabbi Yikat, Meshkich Vishiva Torah Vidas. His wife had back pain 10 years. She had terrible back pain, and nothing helped. So she went to, went to all the best doctors. And then she went to Dr. Sarno, and like two days later, she didn't have any more back pain. And Rabbi Katz was so inspired by it that he started telling, just probably informally, people about it. And then he started a lecture in his house every three weeks, and I believe it's been going on for like 20 years. But the cat is really the best address, I would say, if somebody who's suffering to try to uh, hear a really clear, emotionally relevant, uh, thoughtful, uh, completely, like, the cat doesn't charge anything. It's all chesed, so there's no, like, ulterior motives to go hear the, the, the whole idea of what's going on. Now, the subtitle of the article, I just, I, I just read the cover uh, to everybody here. The subtitle is, Is the Pain Only in Your Brain? And that's basically been the concept that you've spoken to us about over the years, and that is that a lot of, if not all, of body pain, right, chronic body pain, is actually 
um, you know, in the brain is actually something that one can control um, uh, with, with, with proper adjustment in their own mind, in their own brain. Now, look, I just want to say as a disclaimer, you are not referring to people who suffer injuries. <laughs> we are not talking about those. You are not recommending to the person with a broken arm go out there and ski at the moment, right? That's not one of the, uh, one of the things you're discussing here. Right. This, this whole concept is actually, it's not like some voodoo, like, oh, the, like, you know, uh, treat everything in the world with, with some, you know, extra energy. It's nothing like that. It's, it's, a, it's, an, it's actually a physical reality in the body that m- many pains that don't heal, in particular, Dr. Sano starts with back pain, but it goes to carpal tunnel and tennis elbow and actually an endless array of uh, ailments. The many pains that don't heal are, n- are not based on something physical. Like if you have a broken leg, it, it will heal eventually, and you- your leg won't be broken anymore. Right. But it's the pains that don't heal that-, that really this is the starting point for that. Of course, there could be pains in the body that don't heal that are physically based. Right. But it, it was revolutionary to me. In other words, when I had my experience, there wasn't even a chance in the world that this pain wasn't physically based. I went to... Of four different orthopedists or neurologists, they all saw a physical reason for the pain, according to their interpretation. That was based on the MRI. I was suffering from that pain, uh, you know, because the article says I, I literally couldn't bend down to put on on my socks. And uh, of course, it was physical. I went to physical therapists, I went to chiropractors, and they all, every single one of them, had no question in their mind that it was physically based based on the herniated disc that I had. And when I heard somebody would even think that this was not physically based, it was absolutely absurd to me. Um, and, 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 the, was, and the article uh, describes you accurately as a naturally skeptical person. Right. You know, you know me from <laughs> high school. <laughs> you know, but it's funny, you know, I'm a spiritual guy and I'm, Rabbi, but you know, deep down, I'm a rigorously intellectually based human being, and uh, uh, probably too rigorously. And uh, um, yeah, so for this, uh, I guess for the listening audience, for me to be saying this, you have to know that I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not easily convinced. Right. But it was revolutionary when I went to Dr. Sarno's seminar, and again. Even then, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really believe him, to be honest. With you. And and his basic message to you was: even after examining all the stuff the other doctors did, meaning the you know seeing the test results, etc., his basic message to you was: go skiing. That that was the that was the moment where I, I thought he was completely out of his mind. Right. Right. When he he said to me, "I want to get better," he said, "What do you like doing?" And I said, "I like going skiing." So he said, "Just go skiing." I said, "Go skiing." The the doctor I just spoke to. Before said, if I go skiing without fixing this, I might be paralyzed. Plus, I Dr. can't even put on my socks. Yeah. And Dr. Sana says, if you want to get better, just go skiing. Basically, you have to, you know, Robert Katz says this very well also, is that there's like a subconscious or something in your body that's trying to control your life. And, and the first step to getting better is not letting it control your life. Um, there, there was a woman in Teaneck, a Russian at the time, who called me and she was bedridden. She knew that I was an advocate, and uh, she didn't go to work for a few days. I said, the first thing you have to do to get better is go to work. Do not, no matter what happens, get up and go to work. Wow. Do not let this control you. And, um, you know, when I spoke at uh, 
Mr. Garari, Rabbi Garari from uh, um, the Razag uh, Hall in right. Chabad. He, yeah, he had this happen to him, and he was fixed by Dr. Sarno or healed, whatever the word is. I don't use the word healed because that would imply there was something wrong. He was guided by Dr. Sarno. <laughs> Got it, right. When I, when I go to visit people who, who ask for my help, before I leave, I say I would wish you a, a refuel shalema, but I can't because there's nothing wrong with you. Um, so when he was guided by, uh, um, so he uh, had this um, he, he, he had this conference in the Razag where thousand people came to sort of give an award to Dr. Sarno and to hear a little bit about this theory. So I spoke there, and um, um, what, what I said was basically. Even if you don't believe it, like when I left Dr. Sarno's um, lecture, I didn't really believe it. But I told a, a cute story that I heard that there was a professor, an atheist professor, who was a professor in, let's say, Brooklyn College, and he spoke a lot about atheism, and it doesn't really make sense to believe. And then one of his students, one of his from students, went to his office, and on the professor's door of his office, there was a mezuzah on the professor's door. So the student looked at the professor and he said to him, I don't understand. All you do all day is talk about atheism and how that's what makes sense. And I, why would you possibly have a mezuzah on your door? And the professor looked at him and he said, I heard it works even if you don't believe in it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what happened to me. I went to the lecture of Dr. Sarno and my, <laughs> my conscious mind didn't didn't believe it wasn't macabre, but something deeper in me, like my less ego-based uh, mind, heard, probably heard and knew what the, the, what the doctor Sarno said was right. And like two days later, without fully, like I said, consciously believing in it, the, the pain went away. Sort of. Uh, so, oh yeah. So the term I used in that when I spoke was that Dr. Sarno changed the narrative of our minds, and through that, the trajectory of our lives. Right. I think that's, that's a really good, like the narrative of your mind. That's really, you know, anybody listening, if, if there's any place to start, it's that narrative. Like, don't believe any longer that there's actually something wrong with you, and therefore this is all caused by that. But believe that you're healthy. And once you change that narrative, eventually the body will uh, kind of pick up on that. And, and, and again, as, as I've said many times, and I'll say it again, this is, we're, we are not discussing situations of, of injury or when there is physical evidence uh, you know, testing evidence, etc., uh, that there is in fact uh, something wrong, something very wrong, whether it be a, a growth, a tumor, a, a break, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We're talking about uh, we're talking about um, uh, chronic pain that can be uh, adjusted by one's mind. We're talking about a mishpacha article by Alon Gul taps the Sarno mind body link to banish chronic pain. Where I've been seeing Seinfeld, our good friend, uh, was quoted in the article. Have you ever met Rabbi Gul? Um, I actually never met Rabbi Gould. Rabbi Gould's sister, Hila, was a camper of mine on Camp Kanfei Nisharim huh. and, and <laughs> ended up marrying somebody, uh, Leon Mayer, who also went on Camp Kanfei Nisharim. And they became, uh, ultimately became uh, pretty Haredi people and they're wonderful uh, friends, both Leon and Hila, so I, I sort of know, you know, connected to them. Rabbi Gould went to Hafter, as did Hila, and they all uh, eventually moved a little bit uh, more right-wing spectrum of uh, Yiddishkeit. I'm sure he's, I know Hila, and she's very special. I'm sure Rabbi Gould is very special as well. Now, um, 
one of the most glaring examples of chronic pain is, um, in addition to the traditional back pain as you describe, uh, is you know people who who suffer from pain whenever the weather gets bad. You've heard of this, I'm sure. You know my shoulder that was operated on 20 years ago. It hurts every time it rains, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Could it be that those types of situations can also be guided by one's brain attitude? Uh, you know, I, I can't. Once you say there was like a, an actual right trauma an operation, right. you know, it's possible that something, you know, maybe something physical is causing that, and, you know, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to say that. I'll tell you one interesting sort of ramification. When I teach them, you know, I teach in yeshiva high schools, um, so some of my students say to me they have a headache. Right. So, so I say to them, I don't believe you. They go, what do you mean, Rabbi? Why don't you believe me? I said to them, I never had a headache. I don't believe in headaches. I guess they exist, I mean, but I don't I personally have never experienced one. So I would say that um, headaches, like I, I think for people who get headaches, again, I'm, I don't know about the migraine headaches, maybe that's a little bit different, but just you could talk to yourself and just say just like you're almost like you're above it. Like just a headache is very small. And well, it's, it's, a for, that- it's a form of ignoring it, right, essentially. But, yes, yes, it's a form of shaking it up. It's like, it's like seeing above it. It's, it's almost like a a pothole in the road, and instead right. of looking at the vital, just drive on. And, you know, so, um, yeah, I think there are many, many pains, you know, that could be just looked above. You know, the last time I went to see somebody, um, a very, uh, very special clutch of a person in the five towns, before I left his house, I said to him, just look at it this way. Like, the pain is really much smaller than you, and you're much bigger than it. And don't let it, like loom in front of you like this big massive barrier just look at it something so small and if you look at it something so small you will it will act like that you know, you know so I, I, one might think and and this may be seriously beyond the scope of this conversation you could tell me if, if in fact it is but one might think that this same attitude could help somebody who who really is suffering from a physical malady meaning we know that when god forbid someone gets ill very often there are side effects you know they feel a certain way they're exhausted one might think that those that those side effects that those byproducts might be able to be controlled by you know by the same mechanism that one uses when you know when they have a headache or, or have some type of pain am i am i am i going too far with that well i i, I say you're right but but i think it's important to distinguish just just to not to lose the power of what we're saying here right i do believe one's attitude you know affects one's immune system and you know, there's a book by Norman Cousins, how he, I think he cured himself from cancer or some, something very serious by watching um, funny movies. And right. I, think, I think he drank apple juice. I, right. He laughed, he laughed himself to good health. Right. So I do believe that there is a concept that well-being and, and mindset gives the body sense to do whatever it has to do. Right. But, but this is just, you know, clearly different than that. This is actually saying... That there is nothing wrong with you. Right. Not that you're using your psyche to, you know, um, gather your systems in a better way. This is a, almost a clear, um, a clear medical break, you know, from other. So that's why you know it's important to know. Like whenever I say this to people, they always say, "Well, the mind has to do with this. They have to do with that." And in my heart, I'm saying they're not getting it. Like, yes, of course, the mind has to do everything, but this is only, only your mind and nothing else. And there's nothing, you know, physical, and that's. That's the power of it to really um, 
revolutionize your attitude and and what could be done from it. By the way, I'm going to suggest to anybody who's listening who wants to explore this further, check out the Mishpacha magazine article because not only do people like Rabbi Scheinfeld or Rabbi Gould or Rabbi Katz, etc., not only are they all cited, um, and the article obviously is about Rabbi, Rabbi Gould and his efforts, but um, they have tips for tricking your physical pain. They actually have you know methods that people can use in order to uh, to defeat uh, what will you know hopefully be a chronic pain that goes away relatively soon uh, if uh, those methods are implemented. Um, th- there's a, a there's a um, an underlying theme to the article that that burnout um, is um, is is prevalent in the Jewish world because of our schedules, because of the rigorous um, uh, uh, rituals that we have, etc., and and for other reasons. Uh, most people in our community do put in pretty long days. I would say, you know, probably uh, on average longer than than most average Americans. Uh, and there's even a section here, uh, a sidebar, and how to beat burnout. Do you, first of all, do you, do you do you get the feeling that the, these methods would help with that as well? Um, I, 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 would, I guess so. I mean, I certainly respect Rabbi Gould and, and his work. So, you know, I before reading the article, I wouldn't have sort of tied it into burnout. Right. But, you know, I, I do tie it into, like, in general, I'm a big advocate. Like, when we talk about skiing, you know, one of the reasons why I like skiing is that I feel like it taps into this uh, beautiful energy for life that Hashem put in the world that is often, um, it's often, first of all, it's not felt. And secondly, it's, it's overlooked in terms of both how important and how spiritual that is. Um, I'm, I'm recently, recently I, I use this quote often, it says, food is the most overused drug and exercise is the most underused antidepressant. Wow. That's like a pretty, uh, so like the idea that is that my love of skiing comes from that, this belief that there is an internal beauty that comes from an energy in, in one's body, a joy, and that comes to like skiing or physical. So I think that um, tapping into that sort of optimistic system in your body um, helps. And I think burnout is probably a reflection of somebody who is maybe overly, um, overly focused and not, not experiencing the natural joy of life so clearly. So I, I would say that attitude could affect, you know, burnout and then... Or really, the, or, or any malady, any, any you know, any right. br- brain-based malady that's, that's affecting somebody. Right. In our community, because we are so, like Baruch Hashem, so focused about the meaning of life and the purpose of life and what we should be doing, and, and which is, you know, in, in, in the big picture, like, so special, but in, in the small picture, um, it causes a, a tension and a... Um, right. Uh, uh, pressure. Yeah, cause, pressure. Yeah. Pressure, right. So, you know, in, in our community, it's like, a, it's important to, have, to make sure that whatever you're doing, you know, it's balanced with, with the healthy dose of, of the natural joy of living, which sometimes is overlooked. Yeah, and sometimes, especially in this area, it's very, very hard to get. It's very hard to <laughs> to find that place. You know, we always talk about, uh, uh, we're always told, rather, when, when, when going through challenging situations, when, I don't know, when, when one's about to, especially, you know, go, go into a difficult test, and whatever the situation might be, we're often told, you know, think of a pleasant place, you know, think of that ski slope or the beach or where you like to be, you know, in a, in a pleasant, calm time. Uh, you're, you're saying that act, actually being there is even better than thinking about it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> which, which... <laughs> I, I, I definitely feel that it's very spiritual to do exercise and to find 
things in your life that, that tap into that. You know, I think Hashem gave us all a, a tremendous amount of beautiful energy, but somehow in, in all in all of this, that, that's gotten lost. It'd be, it'd be beautiful to find, like, you know, sources in Chazal, to, you know, find where where people have, maybe even the Tanakh, when the Gemara has tapped into that, just so people could be reassured that that is not just a, a distraction, but it's actually part of our spiritual growth. It's so that's- funny. That it's so funny. One listening to this might say, it's interesting how, you know, for at least a couple of hundred years, r- rabbinic leaders have have encouraged young people to stay in the classroom within the four walls and for as many hours a day as possible and really not to experience any of what you're describing. It's funny how that, you know, that dichotomy of it being such an important part of our tradition in the same, and at the same time in certain circles being discouraged. Yeah, that's a, I'm not really going to, you know, that's could be sound controversial. I'm not going to go there, but I would say, uh, yeah, well, I don't know if it's I controversial would, or factual, but I mean, right, I, th- I think right, th- I think there's even a recognition, in, in, you know, among those who have promoted that for years that that they have to be a little bit more flexible when it comes to this thing. Right, and it could be in you know in the previous doros, like people almost had that as part of their lives, like somehow naturally. Maybe that was where people people work. People, right. I don't know, you know, slept. <laughs> they rode their horses. I'm not exactly sure what went on there. But, uh, you know, but I would, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that maybe that was the enjoyment they got out of life was 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 riding the horse, <laughs> <laughs> right? Something. But I, I would say nowadays, I would say most uh, most Rashivas you would consult with on a private basis would 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 certainly agree with what we're saying. Oh, here. I love um, I love how you add on a private basis. That says it all. Um, Rabbi Scheinfeld, the the you've you've some of the things you just described in terms of the beauty of this world. And how important it is uh, to one's mind and development uh, when they spend some time, you know, observing the beauty of this world. But uh, you know, the, the 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 from the Alps to the you know the the most beautiful sandy beaches and everything in between. You've seen a lot of it, and you've probably been on hundreds of ski slopes, uh, being the skiing rabbi. Uh, if you would if you would visit one of them today, would you still have that same rush? Would would it still have that same effect on you that you've described to us? Um, I would say yes, because the the energy that I'm speaking about, like the the beauty, is it's really natural inside of a person, and it's almost like Lahavdel Nachum. If you and I, you know, we're hungry and we shared a great pastrami sandwich from Shmuka Bernstein, <laughs> even 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 if we shared it like a month before, we would still have the same uh, enjoyment, you know. So right. what I, what I'm what I'm saying is that you know people could get callous in life, and but really this natural beauty is is it's there. And it's not, it's not just really by seeing things. I just want to make sure. I think on whatever level you could, it's, it's by doing something. You Experiencing know, it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like I think so. You know, I got to tell you, on Confe this um, this year, we were in Hawaii, and uh, Rabbi Krasiansky made made a chasana actually in, in an Hawaiian hotel on on the water. It was pretty beautiful. About three hundred Chabad people flew down to Honolulu. It was a, like the first and only Hasidic wedding on the island, and. At that wedding, I met a surfer who he converted. Now he's a from Yid, and he uh, about sixty-five, very special man. I forget his name. He 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 makes surfboards. That's his job, and he makes surfboards for the best surfers in the world. And he spoke to me about every single morning he goes surfing at five thirty in the morning, and you could see the sparkle in his eye from feeling this energy and this beauty. And he's been doing that his whole life. So, um, yeah. So I mean, I could talk. You know, I could talk forever about 
about this feeling and where it comes from. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't think it ever gets old, you know, it, it, the, the and, feeling and, of, and knowing, and knowing you, you took up surfing the next morning. <laughs> right, un- unsuccessfully. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio, round the world, on the web at single.com on the Nahum Single Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Rabbi Vincent Scheinfeld, one of the people quoted in the article about Rabbi Alon Gul uh, in Mishpacha Magazine uh, from this past weekend about is the pain only in your brain? Um, uh, he's with us live via telephone. Um, well, I mean, you've given us a great perspective, that's for sure. And I, I think that if there'd be a final message, I guess it would be that people who are who are suffering chronic pain, uh, while we are certainly not discouraging them from going the medical route and checking things out, they may want to check out the possibility of using their own thought process to beat that pain. Would that be a good way of putting it? Yeah, yeah, to, to realize and, and to change change that narrative that maybe there's really nothing wrong with him and that pain, um, yeah. I, I would just want to say people are always uh, wondering how could I know if it's really the pain or, right. or physical. Right. And, of course, like, but just one thing to notice, like a trick, you know, one of these tricks, which is not mentioned in the article, is when I had that back pain, you know, for many years, or many years ago, for, I would say, a couple of years, um, there were always moments when I would, look back like, oh, you know, in the past hour, like I didn't feel it. I actually got it from my chair without noticing. So I feel like a good like barometer is like even people have this pain. I think sometimes when their mind is totally distracted by something else, right. you know, then they'll notice that, oh, for the past 20 minutes, I actually did something that I didn't think I could do, you know. So that's like a sort of a simon that, that, that oh, that when I'm really – when my mind doesn't have the ability to grab all of my attention, then uh, then it's really even better. Like I always think, like if God forbid someone was escaping, um, if the Nazis were coming, if if uh, something very powerful was coming in your life, like if you had a broken leg, you wouldn't be able to run, you know, or, or not too many feet. But if you had a back pain, you wouldn't even feel it. You know, you, you'd be running just as fast as the guy next to you. Right. You know, you know, it's one of those kind of injuries. I just wanted to say one of the things. Someone called me because once they hear these kind of medical theories, they get a little bit carried away. Someone said, "Well, you know," and I also don't believe in vaccines. I don't believe so. We're not advocating anything like that. We're very into medical science and and what 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 works. This is just a, a particular area of medicine that even if you didn't believe in Dr. Sarno, if you were a smart enough, a student enough observer, you would know there's such confusion in the medical world. And then this is happens to be like the correct medical, um, you know the correct medical um, analysis. It's not, it's not some hopeful right. uh, anti-establishment uh, you know, movement. No. Uh, MS and Sheker means truth and falsehood. So if someone has a broken leg, that is an MS pain. If someone has chronic back pain, it might, might be a Sheker pain, according to your theory, right? Yeah, Nachum, thank you for bringing up those words. As you know, those words are very powerful words in my life, MS and Sheker, uh, I'm actually hopefully going to write something about that that may be published. Uh, and uh, I've in my life, like the word, when things are checker, what they mean is they're, they're distracted from what's essentially going on in your body or right. in your heart or in your mind. Right. And there are things in life that are, that are checker. As you know, I think there are foods that are checker that people eat to distract, like a cigarette smoking. Um, 
if I could mention this, just I, I was, I never smoked a cigarette in my life, and I never will. But when I see people smoking cigarettes, besides, besides the fact that it's killing them, I see people who are sad or or internally sad or angry, and they're trying to distract their emotions. So such a um, activity I call a sheker activity because it's it's actually masking what's truly going on. Um, believe it or not. I was once uh, in a Meir Sharm in, in, in Yeshiva, and I saw a tshuva on, on one of the, um, just a, a photocopy tshuva from Avol Yashiv. And the tshuva spoke about cigarettes, and it spoke about one shouldn't smoke. And then Avol Yashiv said the following, and I still would love to find this tshuva, if anybody listening uh, could find it and let me know. So Avol Yashiv wrote that, and besides, when smoking cigarettes is a sign of um, somebody who's like nervous about life or not at peace with life. And a true Yirei Hashem, he writes, is, is somebody who is at peace with life and doesn't need to be, I'm using my Lashon, but it was, his Lashon was similar, doesn't need to be distracted, and, and, and therefore one shouldn't smoke cigarettes because it's a simon of not being at peace with what life really is. And, wow. and then Rabbi Yashaf, so that was amazing because that's what I used the word checker. And then he went on to say something else, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody in the audience, and of course this wasn't a Psach Halacha, but he said, and that's why he said that Yurei Shemayim shouldn't chew gum. Because? He said, because gu- gum was also a a, a uh, um, distraction? A, a distraction, like a reflection of like unrest, and by chewing gum, it's like, now of course that, that's not a Psach Halacha, but I always felt gum it was also what I call sheker. It was like something, when I chew gum personally, and it's rare, but I know I'm usually doing it because I'm upset about something and I'm trying to distract. You know, of course there are good reasons to chew gum, and Rabbi Yosef didn't say it as a psakalacha. It was just an awareness, I would say, right. that, that, you know, there are these activities that we do in our lives. By the way, really by the, if overeating is one of them, then the majority of Americans are not happy. Well, that's true. I, I, I would say overeating is certainly a reflection of, of, of the sheker, of the inability. Look, there's, there's many reasons why people are really, it could be just Yitzhar and many different things like that, but but ultimately, if one goes deep enough, um, if people were more benachas ruach with this existence, then a lot of the, these secular activities would be uh, easier to, to at least to, you know, control. But I would say raising awareness of it is most important. It's not a halacha, there's no halacha against gum, there's no halacha well, maybe cigarettes there is because of uh, other reasons, but right. it's more like an awareness. I was just so happy that Yashiv sort of raised that idea that there's of what's really going on in, in your neshama and in your soul, that that could be a very important factor to notice, even if you're not doing anything that's halakhically wrong, but it could be still a reflection of the um, attitude that, that maybe a true connection to Hashem would, would avoid. Because he was quoted in this week's Mishpacha magazine, we invited Rabbi Ben-Sion Scheinfeld on. The article is uh, about the cover stories about Rabbi Alon Gull tapping the Sarno mind-body link to banish chronic pain. Rabbi Scheinfeld, who has addressed these issues with us before, uh, is the uh, director of Camp Confe. Go to confe.com. They also have a Benos Confe for young women, a, a boys Confe for young men. And um, and any information you want about anything, or by Scheinfeld is more. By the way, in fact, people who are commenting on our app about this conversation, you really should email Rabbi Scheinfeld directly. He'll be more than happy to address uh, your concerns, etc. It's ski Torah at yahoo.com. Ski Torah 
at yahoo.com because we know him as the skiing rabbi. Rabbi Scheinfeld, I thank you very, very much for joining us and the continued good health to everybody. Thank you, Nachman. Okay, great, great to be here. Rabbi Benzion Scheinfeld on a very interesting Wednesday morning at JM in the AM. <laughs>